Hi, welcome to Tabletop Transmissions. I'm one of your hosts, Liz, uh, and joining me tonight are uh, my co-host. Uh, hi, I'm Fran Stewart. And unfortunately, Kathy can't join us tonight, uh, but instead we are joined by uh, two guests. Uh, Sarah, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Sarah Stewart. I'm can pretend to be Cassie, I guess, this week. <laughs> no, no, we we we'd rather we we want we want you here for a reason. Uh, yes, or, uh, fans might remember Sarah from the horrible geese game. <laughs> yes, yes, that was the best. And joining us tonight, also, uh, well, I'm gonna go ahead and let him introduce himself. Uh, Travis, take it away. Yeah, hi, I'm Travis Leg. I am the uh, programming coordinator for the onyx path uh pro uh, onyx path productions twitch channel and i'm the uh line developer for the scarred lands tabletop role-playing game with onyx path and i do a bunch of uh, other freelance tabletop role-playing game design development uh, layout all sorts of stuff so um for those of that for those of you who may not have listened to us before hi how you doing uh, for fans, uh, remember, Scarred Lands is the setting of uh, Fran and Sarah's book. Mm-hmm. And since uh, <laughs> Fran is part of the current um, current uh, stream of Scarred Lands, mm-hmm. we thought we'd had Travis on to talk a little bit about Onyx Path, a little bit about Scarred Lands, uh, and, and kind of what what's going on there. Yeah, thanks so, for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, of course. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited. I was, I was really looking forward to this. So I guess first question I like to ask, and something we kind of generally start with is, uh, what's your, how did you get into games? And, and what's kind of, what are your favorites? Well, uh, I got into gaming first. I was probably four or five years old and I had an older brother who was, got into Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, the neighbor kid that grew up like across the tracks from us used to go to Lake Geneva all the time. And he would come back with like, you know, like, you know, the red box D and D and like handwritten modules that he'd played at Gen Con and stuff like that. So <laughs> my, my brother got way into it. Wow. And I was a little brother who wanted to do what his big brother was doing. Uh, so I kind of elbowed my way into playing. And never really stopped. Oh, <laughs> I just kind of <laughs> kept playing. Um, my mother was my first dungeon master, uh, followed shortly after by my oh, brother. Dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool because I, I grew up in this little podunk town called Mauston, Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> had uh, 3,000 people and 5,000 cows, pretty much. Okay, believe <laughs> so, it or not, I've actually got a friend that lives near there. Okay, so yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about. There's yeah. nothing. There's literally nothing there to do except like, you know, meth. So um, and we didn't have it. We didn't have that then. So all we had was yeah. and dragons. So yeah, um, that was really. It kind of kept me from, uh, I guess, falling into a wood chipper out of boredom when I was a kid. So better uh, than meth. It is better than meth. Um, so yeah, um, there, there's your there's your new tagline for. 2020 watsy <laughs> D&D, it's better than math um but yeah uh so that's what i got into and then i moved to rockford illinois when i was like 13 
and got way into uh, Vampire the Masquerade and, and all the World of Darkness games and all that. D&D sort of fell by the wayside a little bit for me. Um, but then, and I actually spent a lot of time playing uh, Mayfair did a DC Heroes role-playing game. Yeah. Spent years and years and years playing. Yeah, I have a copy of that. I remember that. Well, I don't remember it, but... Um... Uh, you should take another look at it. It's probably <laughs> the best like superhero game ever written it's just really it's really perfect for that genre uh particularly for like the dc like you can have batman on the same level as like you know green lantern type of role playing it's 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 really well designed for it and really elegant um but i played that like every night for three years i used to hang out at denny's with my friends and we would play that oh no (laughs) and then oh yeah and then uh, the open game license came along, and I, I thought, I should write some games. Um, I could do that. And so I started doing it kind of as a hobbyist. And I've been doing it off and on ever since. I really just sort of became, like, full-time professionally just doing role-playing games probably within, like, the last five years. Nate, right. and Travis, I'm sorry, there's something I wanted to ask you, and I, I, I'm really bad at, at – asking our guests this i need to get better <laughs> what um what pronouns do you use oh uh he him excellent thank you so uh i'll be honest um scarlands for me was actually one of the first third party products i ever bought uh back in third edition with the the uh, monster manual it was a creature collection people creature collection yeah thank you. yeah and, and that was partially due to um the uh, Stu Wick and um, mm-hmm. and Rich Thomas and all those cats being really smart and yeah. also noticing an opportunity and also just working themselves insane putting the book out because <laughs> yeah. uh, the OGL came out and the, you had the player's handbook and you had the DMG but the monster manual was like an eight month lag before that came out and yeah. so these guys just drove themselves nuts uh putting together creature collection and getting it out the door and i remember when i first took over the uh line development job i asked um steve if he wanted to sit down and and grab a beer and just kind of talk about like you know his thoughts on scarred lands and where he wanted it to go and what his memories of creating it you know working on on it were and he basically was like that putting together those books was such a blur because we were under Mm -hmm. such a gun it's like I don't remember what we put in those books. Like, <laughs> like, there was a reason they did future collection revised so badly. <laughs> it was just so like get it out the door, get it out the door. But it worked because yeah. for a while they were the only it was yeah. the only monster uh, collection that was on the market for third edition. So it sold like mad. Yeah, we had, like what five goblins and a dragon from the back of like the one of the other books, and that was about it. You know. Yeah, that was. So that's a, that's an interesting question that I have for you because I know Onyx Path is very decentralized. I know you all do most of your stuff online. Sure, yeah. Uh, so were you actually? So is Rich Thomas close to you? Physically, it... no. Oh, okay. Um, no, he's in uh, he's on the East Coast. I'm in, I'm still in the Midwest. I'm still in Rockford, Illinois, uh, the land of uh, unemployment and, and gunshots. I think I've driven through there. <laughs> it's but like Gary, it's, Indiana, except without the charm. I was about to say, it sounds an awful lot like Gary. <laughs> yeah, it's a slightly less quaint Gary, Indiana. Um, yeah, no, uh, but I, 
I mean, I'm I'm kind of a 21st century digital boy anyway, so that 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 doesn't bother me. I'm used to working on online with people. Um, I'm used to collaborating remotely, so that's that's not a problem, especially now with all the technology we have. It doesn't more and more. I don't think, especially in creative environments, there's a need to be physically near someone. You know. So I guess then my next question. So you're so you're in addition to being the line editor for Scarlands, which I want to come back to. Sure. Um, but I'm I'm very interested in your other title, which you're handling streaming content for Onyx Path, so not just Scarlands, but Pugmire Chronicles of Darkness as well. Right. So what I'm basically what I'm doing is I'm the programming coordinator. So that's a twofold job. Uh, one is I mitigate all the scheduling. So uh, somebody says they want to do a stream. I look at what we have available, um, whether they're going to host it on our channel or whether they're going to stream it on their own channel. And we just uh, send them a host or raid their channel when we're live and then we go to their programming. So all that stuff, I sort of figure out the logistics of. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I offer support to our streamers. So if somebody... You know, when people need materials for their stream, I'm the one who facilitates getting that to them through the proper channels. Uh, when somebody has a technical issue, I'm the one that helps them with that. So I'm kind of like, uh, in, in broadcast, it would be kind of similar to the station manager. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. And, so and it's it's a lot of logistics work. It's um, it's 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 work. <laughs> so and it's, then I guess I guess kind of it's, it, it can be frustrating too. I guess kind of a follow-up to that is how did you, did you start out as line editor and kind of fall into that? Or did you start out as this and fall into line editor? Because I know a lot of people at Onyx Path wear multiple hats. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Onyx Path is an interesting, like a lot of uh, things in the, in the RPG business, particularly, well, I mean, even if you look at Wizards of the Coast, right? Mm. Um, the actual full-time D&D team is, I think, eight people. Yes, small. Um, you know, the actual, like, employees of Onyx Path is, like, four people. Um, yeah. Everything else are freelancers, right? Mm. So uh, I got, I started working with Onyx Path through community content. And then... Uh, you, you, you were the best vault creator as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's got to do with being a workaholic and, and an insomniac. But um, it was so I created a lot of stuff for the storytellers vault, and then they wanted to get their uh, game game master screen done, and uh, they knew that I knew how, what I was doing with um, you know putting all that stuff together. So they just said, "Hey, can you put this together and kind of put together what you think should go on it, and, and send it in, and we'll see how it goes." And they really liked how that turned out, so they gave me the spell cards, and I did those. And eventually, and, and I every time I did something, I was like, so I have all these ideas for what we can do. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, that's great. Um, do some cards and shut up. Uh, so <laughs> then eventually, <laughs> eventually I, got, uh, I, I just got the gig, and they, they asked me to pitch them kind of my um, you know, uh, roadmap for where I saw the next couple of years going in terms of releases. And... Um, throughout that process, a couple of other things have cropped up that I've had the privilege of working on. But one of the things I noticed be, um, was that they have this Twitch channel, 
that they were largely using to like host bloodline streams and occasionally put videos about their kickstarters up and i was just like you know um this would be real easy to to turn into something um that i think you could monetize and i think you could use for advertising and i think we could get some actual plays going and uh turns out i was right uh right with my <laughs> thought <laughs> our, our initial plan when we launched this in like october no no it wasn't even october it was august when we launched it in august our initial plan was to have affiliate status and seven day a week programming by the first of the year we reached that by october so mm-hmm. now we're so there's been a lot of like we've thrown ourselves off a cliff and there's a lot of building a plan <laughs> on the way down um to try to figure out like, how it's gonna go so i'm very much looking forward to um every year we all get together at midwinter in milwaukee um like all the devs basically everybody that works at, with on its path has this big huge meeting um and one of the things that I'll get a chance to do is sit down and really uh, craft the structure of what we're going to do with the channel over the next year or so. Hopefully. I mean, there's a lot of things that need to get moved around and figured out this year, but um, that's, that's high on my priority list. So I, I've got to say winter in Milwaukee sounds terrible, but um, that does sound like, that does sound like an interesting conference. Uh I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm just really hung up on. Oh God. I guess you have to pack your own shovel. Is that how it works in the Midwest? <laughs> I mean, we're snowblower. <laughs> we're used to it. We've we've adapted and evolved. We just kind of move through it, like you know, like uh, I don't know, like Bugs Bunny goes through the ground. Like that's how we get through snow. Yeah. <laughs> See so, so... now here here in DC, if we got more than two feet, the whole city is shut down. Oh yeah, two <laughs> feet's like a. You know, that's nothing. <laughs> oh, if we get more than two inches in Seattle, the whole city shuts down. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question though. Um, so with all this Twitch streaming, do you ever get a day off? Um, on occasion, and and I get I I uh, for a while I really didn't. Um, when we first launched the channel, I really didn't. But uh, yeah. most of the streamers now are at a place where. I'm confident in them. Like there, we have an escalation process. So if something breaks, like they can all get a hold of me pretty much 24 hours a day. Mm. But um, I can, I, I I can not pay attention directly to what's going on in the panel for several days and not have a problem if the need arises. They all know what they're doing. They've all got very good tech teams. We've been very fortunate that the streams that we've put together have been people who are. Uh, very uh, familiar with our brands, interested in putting together quality content, working very hard to represent uh, the games that we're selling in a way that is accurate and fun for the audience to engage with. So it really, it, that takes a lot of the pressure off of me. There's a couple of days a week that I have a lot of work to do regarding the streams, but a lot of them at this point are, are relatively self-sustaining. Apart from the occasional question or email or, hey, I saw this new book is getting ready to come out. Can you send me uh, advanced text from it for my game and things like that? So I guess then my next question, because uh, I'm I'm sure his friend may or may not have briefed you. 
our podcast is not just about role playing; it's about being queer. Sure. Um. So, are you is 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 that something you you all are actively trying to do is promote queer content, or is there, uh, is that just kind of maybe like a happy accident when it happens? Um. There's probably five different answers for that question. Um. So. Let me give you the the official answer is we were trying to create as diverse a space as possible all the time, every time. Um, my personal answer to that question is hell fucking yes, absolutely. But also um, because I've had because of uh, personal, I guess, family um, situations, I tend to. Uh, I've explained this to Fran uh, a little bit. Um, I have an extra soft spot for, for the trans community. Um, so that's like, I guess an area of personal focus for me. Um, just because I've got, uh, I, I, my nephew, uh, was trans and I lost him, uh, two years ago to suicide and he was an activist. Um, my sister is still, uh, does activism and she's, I really need to touch base with her about, She's setting up a, a 503C in his name, um, wow. and her the whole point of it is to help kids get their name changes. You know, help well help basically mm-hmm. any trans folk get their name, get their legal paperwork, their name change, so on and so forth. Get all that stuff out of the way because it can be a minefield and a pain in the neck if you don't know what you what you're doing. You know, it it absolutely can, yeah. Especially if you're young. So, mm-hmm. like that's a personal. I guess area where it's and it's an area of extra emphasis for me, if that makes sense. No, it absolutely does. Um, but yeah, I mean, does that mean that, um, you know, does that mean that I'm like looking for, you know, just any random queer or trans folk that I can find to throw on the channel? No. <laughs> but, hey kid, um, you're gay. Can you hold dice? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I, to be fair, most of us can't sit in chairs properly, so. <laughs> I just finger gun everywhere, you know. Right. I do that too. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad I found another word. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, but, but yeah, it's definitely like we want to make sure that we're that we're putting forth, uh, absolutely as diverse a group as possible, and. I want to make sure that people feel represented when they're watching our channel. You know what I'm saying? Um, I want to make sure that people feel comfortable when they engage with our media to say, Oh, I'm, it's, I, I'm wanted and accepted here. Uh, regardless of, of, you know, uh, not only like sexual orientation or gender identity, but you know, race, religion, the, the full nine, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's not, you know, Gaming, it, it it blows my mind that anybody would find any reason to make gaming an othering space. It's just so weird. And maybe that's because I grew up, you know, I was, I was five when I first encountered it and I was in Wisconsin and this was 1984, right? So we're talking like peak satanic panic. Mm-hmm. So from a very young age, 
I always thought of this as the safe place to go if you were different. And it chaps my ass in a very severe way when people treat this as a place that's not safe for everybody who's maybe a little different. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah, it always messed with my mind, too. And, you know, for <clears throat> for ages, I didn't realize I was trans. And even even then, it was sort of like, why would you? It's hard enough to get a gaming group together anyway. You're going to make it harder? Who right. does that help? Right, right. Yeah. And, and, you know, there were, like, especially the late 80s, early 90s, right? Mm. Being a teenager in that period of time. There were a lot of situations I look back on now where I'm like, oh, well, we're, you know, quote unquote, good natured ribbing each other, yada, yada, yada. That may have made people feel like, you know, maybe they weren't uh, as welcome as they should have been made to feel. But mm-hmm. knowing the group of people that I engaged with and that I still game with from those days, I think I don't think anybody ever really felt othered. And I think a lot of people felt second nature welcomed and like you know hazing was hazing and it was good natured stuff um so it was it when when i really started running into it in the outer world and in the in the internet community um it did kind of take me aback like what do you mean you don't want somebody at your table if they're a woman or if they're queer or if they're the wrong skin tone like what <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're, this doesn't compute. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I apologize, by the way, if I'm sitting here dropping like f bombs and, and bad language on your podcast. Oh no, we don't give a ass. fuck. Yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it just it it just strikes me as being really really weird. And but by the same token, you know, I was engaged in a conversation on Facebook a couple of years back, and one of the girls from high school that I played vampire with was like. No, you were the first person that ever let me just sit at their table and play and didn't care what I, you know what I was or who I was. And that meant a lot. And I was like, yeah. I had no idea. Um, thanks for saying as much, but it, it, it really just didn't register with me. But, you know, that's also because I'm like, I'm, I'm a tubby white dude with blonde hair and blue eyes. If I would have gone <laughs> missing at PAX Unplugged, you never would have found me. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. I had that when I was when I was a, a teenager growing up in the eighties and I was the girl who wanted to play role playing games and they and the one time I got to play I had to play the cleric and this was back in like D D first edition. Yeah. And I was like, You get a stick and you stand in the back <laughs> and you hail us and I was so mad. I was so mad and then I just was like, I'm never playing D D again and then and then college happened and you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Right, but because like you know your yeah. your gender identity or your chromosomal makeup is going to somehow mm-hmm. affect the way that your character can hit some hit a, yeah. a made up orc. Yeah, I actually get a plus two bonus. Uh, <laughs> that, that's a little known fact in the fifth edition rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so so Travis, I have a loaded question I want to ask you. I'm going to ask the question, and if you, if you don't want to answer it, we can absolutely cut it out. I'm I'm making a note right now when this is by all means i am an open book so i'll be honest before um before i started talking with fran and um and sarah i wasn't i did not purchase a lot of onyx Path stuff and the reason it's not so much onyx path but it was white wolf um i'm sure you're aware 
of some of the um, the things White Wolf has done. Particularly what struck me is the fact that uh, Queer Genocide uh, was a Camarilla op. Um, yeah. yeah. The Swedish absolutely. Edgelord faction. Yes. Right? yes. Uh, and, and I'll be I'll be honest, I assumed a lot of that was translating into Onyx Path as well, so I kind of ditched the whole thing. Sure. That's fair. That's fair. But continue your point and or question, and then I will circle back around to that. But I just want to put a pin in that. Uh, go on. So <laughs> my question, my question is, um, was that was particularly was that a conversation that was had? Like, yikes, this is a thing. We need to make sure we don't do this again. I know that was White Wolf, but with within Onyx Path, did you all have that conversation? Well. Uh, a number, there's a number of, let me preamble this with a, a number of things. Uh, so first off, I was not directly involved with White Wolf or Onyx Path at the time mm. that, that happened. Yep. So the actual, like, what happened in the trenches when that was going down, I can't speak to from personal experience, but I can speak to anecdotally from what I know, from what I was told. And from what I was told, Everyone in Onyx Path, with the exception of the freelancers that were working on that book, uh, were unaware of it until I think the freelancers that worked on that book were unaware of it until it blew up as well because they weren't working on that section, is my understanding of the situation. Um, so it really kind of blindsided pretty much everybody at Onyx Path. Mm. And the reality of the situation is there's a lot of people that don't um it's still that are still confused by the the way the the world of darkness license functions at this point mm. and white wolf's not doing anything to make that better um <laughs> well i shouldn't that, say that that's another question i have can you explain that because i don't understand <laughs> sure absolutely uh well and i shouldn't say white wolf anymore i'm already making worse because white wolf as an entity to the best of my knowledge does not exist anymore. no it's yeah. a it's a it's a local kind of thing but ultimately it's entirely been subsumed by paradox in part again my understanding this is as a fan this is not like onyx path secret knowledge this is what i've get gathered speaking to the people that work at paradox and just reading press releases and following along with what's going on so what I've gathered is, is that after the Chechnya thing um, blew up, rightfully so, people got mad, rightfully so. Uh, the person that was responsible for making those decisions was basically summarily shit-canned at White Wolf. White Wolf itself was completely reabsorbed back into Paradox, and then they began just piecemealing out the IP. And uh, they finished the books they were working on, pulled the, the, that part out of the Camarilla Guide, and then from that point forward are not creating anything internally. Now it's all licensed out to different parties. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now Modifius is the license holder or the, for Vampire the Masquerade 5th edition. They're the central licensee for that. Or licensor, however that works. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are licensing it out. So when Onyx Path makes a book, it has to clear with Paradox and with Modifius. Hmm. Right. <laughs> so, 
clear as mud. Ask a silly question, get a silly answer. <laughs> so, like for example, there was this there was this Werewolf Fifth Edition that was just announced, right? It's being done by a totally different company that has nothing to do with any of these other companies. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and so if we were to pitch a werewolf book, for example, we would pitch it to them, and they would have to go through them because they're the werewolf license holder now. Oh wow! But it all goes back to paradox too because paradox oversees the property right so it's it's so from the consumer level none of this shit should matter until you have something like some jackass writes something that's horrendously insensitive Mm -hmm. and then people are knocking on our door and and we're going we didn't have that it was not us Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) it was not us and it was dumb um, yeah. you know. Which was basically and, Rich's response when when it happened. Yeah. I I remember because right. I remember being like, "Do we really want to be working for Onyx Path? Do we really want to be doing this book?" And and Rich came out like, "Excuse the fuck out of me. That's not us." Right. And, and we were like, "I guess we're okay, okay." But yeah, yeah we, we had like a panic because that well, was that was right in the middle of Vigilant. That and the the discussion that we have had. Uh, the discussions that I've been a part of with Onyx Path have always been because we do work with stuff that is contemporary, right? This yeah. is far less of an issue with Scarlet's. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess maybe kind of ask you a more fun question. Uh, well, um, hold, let me, I, I do want to just make one thing clear though. The, 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 uh, the, the, so if you don't mind, just hold your thought for a second. No, no, by all means. Um, uh, the discussions we've had regarding contemporary stuff, be it books that we're working on or like even just as we're streaming, is to ensure that at any time, whenever we're de- we're depicting something that's a real world ill, like people being shitty people, people being evil, that that is people being evil. That's not that's not some supernatural thing, right? Vampires didn't make Nazis go be Nazis. You know what I mean? Um, vampires don't make terrorists be terrorists. Vampires might take advantage of this, you know, and, and vampires don't create gay bashing. Vampires don't create, you know, bigotry. They might take advantage of it, but they're not, the, to, to pin that on them is, I think, demeaning to the victims. And, and it, um, I think gives, frankly, uh, undeserved past to the perpetrators <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah. So like they're yeah like vampires may be monsters but they're not monsters <laughs> right yeah exactly right. yeah <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, so um, i just want to make sure i got that point across so that that mm-hmm. so that, that was kind of clear that that was the position my understanding that's the position across the board um that's not something that onyx path had anything to do with because it's not something anybody at onyx path would have no, and I and I hope you don't think that was I was I wasn't Not, trying to do a gotcha moment, but I I wanted to talk about it because that's I I feel like that's something we we kind of owe our listeners. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, and there's still so many people I think, um, and it's and this is a thing that bothers me and and worries me and kind of keeps me up at night a little bit, and you know again fully acknowledging you know tubby blonde haired blue eyed <laughs> cis white dude, um. 
that puts that sometimes puts me at a disadvantage for trying to clear the air about some shit like that too, you know? Um, but I think there's people in the community that don't know that, you know, because it's, because it's not, it's at first glance, you can easily look at that and go, Oh, we'll just put Onyx path in the fucking bin with white wolf. Mm, you know yeah. what I mean? I, but, I've made that case to people before going, no, it wasn't them. It wasn't them. They're not going to. Right. We talked about it on this podcast. In fact, yeah, so I will say, about that, you know, I'm happy to take, <laughs> I will say I do infinitely prefer V20 to fifth edition. Well, um, speaking, uh, let me take off my, I, I get paid to do this stuff. Half for a second. <laughs> um, uh, from a system perspective, there's a lot of things in fifth edition. I, I genuinely enjoy. Um, and I, and I'm not a big, like, I think there's space for both. Um, but like, uh, uh, maybe it's my age, you know, maybe it's the time I came up, um, but mm-hmm. <laughs> 20th anniversary just hit for me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but we could wax intellectual all day about that. That's not a line I work on, so, um, so everything I would say would just be me me fanning out about it with the rest of you. So that is true. So let's talk. So I do want to, because I'll be honest, I have kept you on Chronicles of Darkness because that's my jam. Uh, but. <laughs> Uh, but you work on Scarlands, so let's talk. Let's talk about Scarlands for a little bit. That's my jam. So, so, <laughs> yeah. so what? So Scarlands was originally a sword and sorcery property. Yeah. Or is, so, are you still using that imprint? No. Um, that was. That's another. Any anytime you get into like imprints, it starts to get complicated. Ultimately, right. it now uh, Onyx Onyx Path is now the sole owner of Scarlands. Um, after Stu passed, uh, Onyx Path yeah. bought it out entirely. So now they're the sole owner. So what yeah, are just... you, so for, for listeners who may not be aware, what has come out for Scarlands? What is Scarlands kind of, what's, what's the elevator pitch for Scarlands? If you were going to do a campaign, how would you sell us on it? There's two elevator pitches. I'm going to give you mine first and then I'll give you the official one. Um, so, uh, my elevator pitch is if you take heavy metal magazine and wrap it up, uh, wrap it around Greek mythology and then <laughs> slam it into a player's handbook, you have Scarlands. Um, that's pretty much what it is. It's just, it's this, it's, it's just metal as fuck. Um, post-apocalyptic. There was a war between the, uh, gods and the Titans on the ground 150 years ago. Um, if you are a member of a long-lived race, you might have fought in that war or, like, witnessed that war. Uh, if you're, like, a human, maybe, like, your great-grandparents fought in that war. Um, the the aftermath of that war is everywhere. The world is trashed. And what are you going to do? How are you going to survive? Uh, the world is trying to rebuild itself. The culture is trying to rebuild itself. Things are still tainted and fucked up. Um, and you're trying to like build a society around this and trying to survive around this. Some people get into adventuring to make ends meet. Some people get into adventuring to uh, try to prevent the Titans from being uh, reconstituted. Some people get into adventuring, you know, because there's shit lying around everywhere from this giant war that happened. So you can go, <laughs> you can, <laughs> there's treasure hunting opportunities of planet. Oh yeah. 
um, and there was a great big civilization that spanned the continent prior to the Titans War. So there's all sorts of, you know, you can get all sorts of like Indiana Jones with it too, if you want to. Um, And the more official description of it would be, you know, to say that it would be like a post-apocalyptic, you know, prior to the Titans War, it was more along the lines of like a Forgotten Realms type of setting where it was kind of your traditional high fantasy. Um, And then it got, this apocalypse happened, but things didn't get better like they often do in most D&D worlds. Uh, The the damage stayed, Um, which is a calmer way of saying kind of the same thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I prefer the gut punch of, of saying, you know, it's, it's metal. It's a, it's a, yeah. you know, it, it's a Frazetta painting. It's, um, it's, there's an ocean of blood. There's an ocean I mean, of blood. You, you, yeah. you just, I just showed them the map. Yeah. They're like, they're like, yeah. what? That, <laughs> that right there, that, that, that area there, um, a god swept his sword and basically cleared out all life in that area down to the bedrock. That, that bay over there, um, one of the gods missed with a swing, and there's a bay there now. So, yeah. Right. That lake, that let bloody lake, they ripped a rock out of, to say the rock, they ripped a small mountain out of that spot, and, uh, <laughs> And the backwash from the ocean came and flooded it. <laughs> There's a yeah. mountain range that's like the teeth of a titan. The guy, yeah. The, the titan of gluttony got his teeth yanked out, and like the god that did it, like threw mm. the teeth over his shoulder, and it made a mountain range. You know, yep. like it's it's. So the, this war has has shaped the the land literally, and you're just kind of like this, you know, little person living there and trying to get by. And so when I took over as the line developer. Like to me, that's the most compelling story mm. to tell. There, there's a lot of lore, and it's a very, as Sarah and friend can tell you, it's a very <laughs> dense lore to place. Um, yeah. But to my mind, the coolest, like, the story that gets you sitting down and want and excited playing it is like, I'm a first level ranger in the Hornsaw Forest. Everything's <laughs> horrible here. Yeah. Ah, yes. Like that's, how do I a unicorn ate my parents. A unicorn. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Right, because our unicorns have serrated horns. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. That if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about the setting, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's true. The unicorns. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the old. I've got the. I've got the old Scarlands book, and I'm thinking I need to pick up. I've read. I read. I've read your novel, and I love the novel. I love the book. Oh. But I think I need to pick up the player's guide just for the unicorns. Because <laughs> my. Most my players are far too safe right now. <laughs> yeah, well, take them on a little tour of Gelsbad. They'll love it. Yeah. Um, or or yeah. just to, if you're running just D&D, to plug the uh, new creature collection coming out, you can plug that into any other five game if you're running five E. It's true, um, and we just put the that's just now on backer kit too, so you can pre-order it now. Yeah. Yeah, so you can if you want a hornsaw unicorn in your um in your Sword Coast game, stats are all there. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, I'm thinking I'm running I'm running Ghost of Saltmarsh right now. I'm thinking I'm thinking we're gonna take a field trip. <laughs> well, there's, there's horrible ocean creatures in uh in the Scarlands. There's all kinds of just absolutely lovely. I mean. Yeah, if you want to terrify your players, you really want to pick up some Scarred Lands material because as I've as I I like to tell people when I'm trying to sell the setting, there are like CR1 
CR1, CR1 quarter things in there that you throw at a level 12 party and they're like, ah, ah, get it off, get it off. Ah. I think that was that was the pitch you sold me for the creature collection. Yeah. yeah you, and, you and I were talking about it. You were like, oh, no, you need to go get this. Yeah, even yeah. the stuff that's like not particularly like immediately deadly is just mm-hmm. creepy. Um, you know, and, and that's one of the things I love about the setting too. And like, you know, we, the, the books you'd asked about the stuff that we've got out so far. Um, so we've got the player's handbook. We've got the, or the player's guide to Galspad, I should say. We've got the, uh, blood sea guide is out, which has rules for, um, the different roles that people can play on uh, as far as like, you know, in a ship's crew on the blood sea. But it also has like some subclasses that are specific to the Blood Sea. Uh, one of my particular favorite classes in all of Scarlands is the Ill Trawler, uh, who sort of basically like go like sifting for blood clots in the Blood Sea and then eat <laughs> them to get power. Um, Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh-huh. What the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> this is why I love the setting. <laughs> Then, then you make like like tonics and and stuff out of the clots, and they like give you like abilities, but they also warp you, and you know you start I'm, growing extra body parts. I'm looking at the cover. I'm looking at the cover for the Blood Sea book right now, and I just, I just gotta tell you, <laughs> that kraken. Yeah, the yeah the, the blood kraken. Yeah, it's lovely. Whoever, stuff. whoever, who was? Do you know who the artist was for that by chance? Uh, not off the top of my head, no. That's a that's a piece of art that was originally used in the third edition Blood Sea book. So, oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. And so we've got that one up. We've got um, Wise and the Wicked has a bunch of NPCs that are uh, sort of central to the setting, yeah. um, including uh, one of Fran's old characters. Yeah. yeah. Indeed. <laughs> And you can drop those right into your game, no matter where you're at. But they're, they're, they do have very good hooks for the setting itself. Then we have the player's guide uh, and the creature collection on backer kit. And then starting very, very soon, uh, soon enough that I can taste it, uh, we're going to start rolling out the Ugman's Guide to Galspad and Vigil Watch. We'll both be starting very early in 2020. And those will be rolled out on a subscription model. So you can subscribe up front and you'll get all of them as they come out. And then they're, otherwise they're rolling out uh, monthly in an alternating pattern. So the first, can, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask, where can people subscribe to it? If they go to DriveThruRPG. Okay, so it's, just gonna, it's all going to be on DriveThru with the rest of the stuff. Yep. So if you just go to the Onyx Path store and DriveThru, it's all going to be right there. And um, so, like, the first month, uh, Yugmans will come out, and then the alternating month, Visual Watch will come out. Um, and Yugmans is more of, like, a... They're both kind of, like, a guided tour around the continent of Galspad, which is the main setting of, of Scarlands. Um, Yugmans is more player-facing, whereas Visual Watch is more local centered if that makes sense yeah so in the Ugmans you'll get a lot of new classes new races uh, new spells things along those lines and in Vigil Watch you're going to get like overviews of various villages uh, some cultures that don't get a lot of 
uh, word count in the player's guide are really getting heavy expansion and attention and visual watch, which I'm super excited about. Um, mm. I'm really, really excited, particularly for the iron bread. Um, I'm super happy about the way the, the direction that we've taken them. Um, and it's, it's funny, um, <laughs> how it all kind of came together, I guess. Uh, so like as we're sitting at Gen Con this last year and I, I, I just happened to have about half the writing team that was going to be working on the book. Uh, and we're just sitting around the bar and it came up that a couple of the writers that were going to be working on the book are Polly. And then it came uh-huh. up that like poly representation in media is almost always squicky. Uh-huh. You know or what I mean? Very sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Like the like the only non-squicky thing I could think of was well after the fact, which was Flox on uh, Star Trek Enterprise, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I was I was gonna say James Holden from his um, family from the Expanse. Uh, um, uh, blah, 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 blah. What was it called? Um, the Lost Girl. Oh yeah. Yeah. Heard about that. Yeah, I have not seen uh-huh. Lost Girl, but um, I've heard I've heard good things. Better than if it has any right you, you should watch it. <laughs> I, will, I will I will check it out. But um, but yeah, but so, we could count them on one hand though, and it was all yeah. spec, it was all sci-fi fantasy. So, yeah, or sci-fi. Right. So uh, we were like, the Iron Bread are almost completely undefined as a society. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what if what if as they left their Hellspawn origins, they just naturally developed into a poly polyamorous culture. And, and literally like so they don't really have like this concept of jealousy on on, on a romantic level. Um mm-hmm. so they think in herd terms basically. Mm-hmm. You know? Um and so that was kind of how that how that developed out. So mm-hmm. taking that seed of an idea and building it into like their culture and building it into how like how it affects them on a civil level <laughs> was nice. a very interesting thing to to watch um come together uh, because it, it it hints at it a little bit in the players guide that they're um one of their strengths is that their their main city is a nomadic city that can sort of break apart mm. and so everything uh in their culture is about these units that can then be broken into smaller units and still function independently. And so we were like, well, what if their marriages just work the same way? Why wouldn't it? That is going to be awesome. So, yeah. So that was kind of, that was kind of a neat thing to see develop. And again, you know, and it was another place where like, you know, with representation being important, I as, you know, the aforementioned, you know, cishet white dude, mm-hmm. I look and you see somebody's eyes spark up when they, when they see that, they, when they realize that they're going to be able to see themselves in this work. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's something that I've never really had to think about because the first media I was ever exposed to, I saw myself in, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just, that's, it's something you really don't think about until you're confronted with it. And even then it seems that some people don't stop to process that that's what's going on, you know? Like, yeah. 
So I'm super excited to see what people think of that. I think it's going to be very uh, cool and interesting and fun. And we've tried our best to treat it, you know, respectfully and, 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 and not make it into this, um, you know, salacious sort of thing. Uh Though I probably shouldn't say this because, you know, it's, there might be some, there there might be a, a bit of, furry bait in some of our art <laughs> you think um tell me more <laughs> you can you can i can i can i By you can play you can play a rat person you can play rat folk you can play cat folk you can play a bat folk you can play a horse folk you can play uh <laughs> what am i missing you can play a lizard folk you can play fish folk you can play, you can play <laughs> other <laughs> fish folk <laughs> yeah so like snake you know the iron bread of these horse folk and they're like these hardy desert horse folk. Yeah. So, you know, it's hot, sweaty. They're out in the desert. They're probably very fit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. All right. right. Putting this on my wish list. The bears on Scar and our horses. Sexy. Come on. Yeah. I'm 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 still like blown away by the the, the Manticora art in yes. the guide, yeah. and I based a character in our book on that art. <laughs> really good art. I I started doing a thing, and I haven't actually put it in writing in anything yet. I need to find a way to sneak it in, but um, it was also based on that Manticora art. Um, so if you look at the Manticora in Player's Guide, she's got um, these really cool braids. Yeah. And I thought, wouldn't it be neat if she had darts? in the end of her braids mm-hmm. with like, like in little sheaths so she could pull them and it wouldn't undo her braid, but she could just pull the darts out of the end of her braids and throw them at people. Yeah. So she's like, just got like 20 darts hanging freely. So well, that's a, that's the thing I'm working in the manicure culture. Cause I thought it was neat. Um, nice. Well, our, so. our main character does play with the braids of a manticore woman at one point in the book. In, in kind of a sexy way. <laughs> so we are, as fun as this is, we are running a little short on time. So sure. I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to ask our guest first. So normally at the end of an episode, we like to do shout outs, the things that we think are cool or are digging this week. So, uh, Sean, or Sean, I'm sorry, Travis. <laughs> I get that all the time. No. Um, <laughs> Travis, is there anything particularly cool you're excited about like it doesn't have to be related to onyx path just just you personally what are you into this week honestly this week um i just caught up on crisis uh-huh. on the cw mm. uh-huh. and holy cow it's really good i know and right <laughs> it's and it's far better and this happens like every crossover but it's far better than it has any right to be with the amount of money they have for television <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brandon and I are going to say the same thing. It's the Expanse. Are we? Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah season four of The Expanse. Um, I'm, I mean, I've, I've read all the books. I've read all the novellas. I, uh, I bought the role-playing game. I read the short story that came in that. Basically, as soon as this crap comes in, I cram it into my eyeballs as fast as I can. But now I get to watch Sarah watching the show and go, wait a minute, they, they, they can't survive that. They, that's, but, but no, but, but. Because I they... have not read the books. Yeah. Or 
Uh-huh. Yeah. We are doing we are doing one episode at a time, and I think it might kill oh, me. Wow. <laughs> we are we are literally gonna finish it right after this call. We're gonna eat dinner and watch less. We've got two left. <laughs> so. I know that's been eating us. It's like the opposite of Game of Thrones because she hadn't read any of the Game of Thrones books. Mm-hmm. And I'd read all the books and a bunch of lore and all this other stuff. So I knew everything. And I watched her and she had no idea what the plot was. And I haven't read any of the Expanse books. And now I'm sort of stubbornly not reading them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just it makes people, me cry. Well, just to be able to watch the show without <laughs> that influence. Um, but uh, um, And also just have too much other stuff to do. <laughs> Like write book two of Through Shadows and Dreams. Mm-hmm. Hi Travis, I'll, I'll, I'll finish it. Uh, hopefully next year. Hopefully. <laughs> I don't think books books take time. Uh, yeah. Book two is really hard. Well, you know if really if George R. R. Martin gets to take forty seven years to write the next uh, I can Game spend Thrones book, you can take write a year or two. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> I think uh, I think for me, um, so folks might be interested to know, I am reading the, let me check, fourth October Day book. Uh-huh. They've just, they've sunk their teeth in and they uh-huh. won't let go. Um, but I have two role-playing games that I've been actually really digging this week. Uh, the first one I just got on, I just got like my physical books in the mail from Kickstarter is The King in Yellow from Pelgrane Press. I've heard really good things about that, but I have not seen it personally. It's incredible. You oh, if you're a fan of Mythos, mm-hmm. but you have done everything in the Mythos, you owe you owe it to yourself to get this. I will have it, to it, at least for the art. It, the art is oh, it's sick. It's so good. Uh, and then the other one that I am excited about that hopefully is coming to Kickstarter soon is Olivia Hill's game, I Hunt. Yeah, I just saw that, uh, that uh, it's like wrapping up, right? Like, like Yeah, she's finishing up. Um, <laughs> we, we might be getting a chance to play it. Um, I don't know yet, <laughs> hopefully. Huh. But yeah, I am, ex- I am, it, I don't know why, it just speaks to me in such a way. It's like, oh, okay. You have to choose between literally getting eviscerated or being homeless. Wow. I can relate to that. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, the concept of uh, meshing um, like the gig economy with monster hunting is pretty freaking brilliant. Yeah, so. it's, like, it's like economic horror meets actual like, like horror horror. It's like, oh, this is so good. Yeah, no, hats off to her. It was a, it's an amazing concept. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, also, go read October Day. It's good. Uh, but anyway, so, um, Travis, do you want to plug your pluggables? Yeah. Um, so uh, definitely, if you have not done so, check out Scarland stuff. There's a, um, the Player's Guide, Creature Collections on Backer Kit, Yugman's and, and Vigil Watch both coming early next year. And uh, you can watch actual plays both at twitch.tv forward slash the onyx path and at my channel uh twitch.tv forward slash plastic plays which is uh where fran also plays in my weekly scarred lands campaign which is not canonical and a complete and utter shit show <laughs> it's just it's just 
disaster furries at this point. That's really yeah. what I'm into. <laughs> and an orc. And an orc. I do have a question for you. <laughs> yes. Um, the book that is currently on Backer Kit, that is yes. going to be available on DriveThru at some point in the future, correct? Yeah. Um, the The rumor has it department <laughs> would say <laughs> I think we're looking at PDFs are going to Kickstarter backers. They're projecting like mid January. They okay. haven't even asked us for our content yet. So sorry, I shouldn't be criticizing. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's a well, little that's a little alarming. <laughs> um, we'll get there. Right. Yeah, so we'll get there. because we'll the original plan was to have the PDF done end of December, but with the holidays and the expansions that we got mm-hmm. during the thing, they're pushing. They said they're, 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 it's probably going to be pushed to early January. Um, so uh, it should be in backer hands early January. I don't expect that the delay, like I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure because um, creature collection was a little bit unusual. Scarland seems to be where Onyx Path likes to do all of its experimenting. Mm. Um, so that was actually produced by another company. Yep. And, and it was like three quarters of the way done when I took the line development job. Mm. So I yep. got to kind of watch it come together as a fan and I got to work on it as a freelancer, but I had no, <laughs> um, I have no input into like the production of it. <laughs> so, yeah. Like I got to give feedback, but I don't have like any clue as to the process. So based on what I'm reading in the Kickstarter backer updates, it looks like, January is when it's going to be in the backer hands for PDF uh, print as soon as is physically possible after that. And then I think once that's done, it goes uh, same day launch for both at drive through, but I could be wrong about that. Okay. That, it, wanted to know if it was going though. to be there. Yeah, Just wanted it, to... it, it, it will be there for sure. And it, I think Q1 is the target, but don't, don't hold me to that. I could I, be way wrong. It's all right. Our, our motto here is we're trust us, we're professionals. So mm-hmm. sure, uh, sure. that extends to you. Trust you. You are a professional. There you go. Appreciate we're 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 going to have a monster in it. Um, but and we've just done the design and everything. But we're still waiting on the what do I put it? The coordination upon getting that all done. So I'm hoping that uh, that goes in first. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> so there's well, don't be afraid to send follow-up emails and twist arms if you have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've 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 already sent a couple. So <laughs> one of the one so. of the things that you learn from working in the games industry is that most companies are four people running around like crazy, going, "What have I got to do? What have I got? Oh my God, my kids! Where are my kids?" So right. uh, yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. And it's yeah. difficult when you're somebody who has a. Um, oh yeah. A uh, penchant for communication. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I want, I want to know things. Uh-huh. Um, so sometimes it can be a challenge, but yeah, you just gotta you learn to roll with those punches. Oh yeah, yeah. And and honestly, it's been so busy. I, uh, it's like okay, now I have time to breathe because the day job is finally slowed down. <laughs> so, um, so Travis, other than your your uh, your Twitch, uh. Where else can people find you? Do you have? Did you want to give out your Twitter or? Oh yeah, I'm uh, at Travis Leg pretty much everywhere on the internet, and it's L E G G E because my 
ancestors were drunk Scottish people that didn't know how to spell. <laughs> and Fran, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find uh, you can find me and uh, Sarah's book uh, wherever fine ebooks are sold, and you can also get a printed copy from Drive Through Fiction. It's called Vigilant Through Shadows and Dreams, Book One. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Ronalyn Valor and um uh step up and say hi anytime you want uh sarah did you want to give out your stuff or did you want to do you want to remain anonymous i i hate being i'm not anonymous Jeez. <laughs> um i i'm just I'm, I'm not as big on social media um uh fran is our media uh person i'm 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 uh i am on t- the twitter as our company name um more like this uh i think i'm more like this too at yep. more like this too Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not very active on, on it because uh, Fran, as I said, is, is the media presence for more like this industry. I'm the the CEO, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> um, and because uh, I, I have a day job. But we're more like this industries.com. Um, and um, uh, yeah, and I work for two other uh, co- uh, companies as well. So, but I won't mention those. <laughs> and yeah. I'm on, but I also am on the Tumblr. And uh, as Katina, K E T I N A S, many Katinas, all of Katinas. And you can find me on Twitter. This is Liz speaking, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in case you didn't know, uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at little underscore Lizzie twenty two. Though hopefully, if the great Twitter purge frees up the <laughs> username I want, that will be changing. Um, and you can find the show uh, on Twitter I should have had it ready uh, but Mm. Cassie wasn't here to remind me (laughs) Uh, you can find the show on Facebook at Tabletop Tabletop Transmissions and you can find us on Twitter uh, as Tabletop Transmissions Uh, we are at and listen to how I spelled it because I spelled (laughs) it wrong when I was signing up for it as loyal fans know uh, unfortunately, I don't have the the excuse of drunk Scotsman. It's an in joke. It's, uh, it's, it's just, definitely an in joke. That was the no. Way. I'm I'm just, no. I'm just okay. uh, yeah. Anyway, we are at T R A N S M I S T I O N S. And uh, Travis, I want to say thank you. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you. It's been an absolute um, pleasure to be here. Thank you. Looking forward to checking out more of the stream. It's really entertaining. Thank you. Thank uh, you it's, it's, it's absolutely what I, what I put on in the background while I'm folding clothes. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is the highest compliment I could imagine being paid. <laughs> and, um, you know, look, we look forward to seeing more, uh, more, more Scarland stuff. But anyway, anyway, folks. Uh, have a good night or whenever you're listening, uh, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Oh, uh, if I can squeeze in one more thing before we absolutely. Um, I just I mentioned it, but I forgot to mention the name of it. Uh, the the thing that my sister is working on is called Liam Fund, L I A M Fund. Um, so if you Google it, I think you probably will find her. Uh, if you want to, uh, Travis, if you want to send us a, a link, we can make sure we put it in the show notes. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. Um, yeah. So yeah, Liam Liam Fund. That's her. That's her jam. Absolutely. Awesome. Cool. Thank you, right. well, folks. Have a good one, and we'll catch you all next time. Yeah.
Thank you.